0: I believe that you can make a wildly abundant living and become unapologetic while also dreaming big, enjoying life, and making a huge impact in your community. This is the Therapists Deserve Abundance Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to day three of the Prosperous Private Practice Bootcamp. I am your host, Dr. TK. And so before we get started, let me just do a check. Um, I want to see who actually has been participating in the post activities on day one. We did the book title and chapters, and people are still going back to watch that replay. And then yesterday, we talked about what level of an abundant CEO are you really? And so a lot of people were able to engage yesterday, but on a scale of one to 10, how excited are all of you today to dive into day three, because I am sure up to this point, you are probably blown away with the information. I know I'm blown away with the engagement and responses and information we've been just receiving in the Facebook group from individuals who have been participating, but I'm super excited. Um, Now, as a surprise, because I didn't break down every single topic that we were going to talk about in the bootcamp, I just knew that I wanted to do a lot of mindset shifting work, but also strategic work as well. And so today we are going to be talking about niches to riches. Put a one in the comment box if y'all excited to talk about your niche, okay? And how to show up as the best version for your business as the expert by understanding what niche really means for a mental health business. And so let me go ahead and get everything ready let me pull up my slide. I'm super juiced because this is the one area in our program that our therapists actually, I'm going to say overthink the most. (laughs) Okay. Overthink the most. And really, if you understand who your ideal client is and who you'd like to serve, it actually becomes easier for you to identify your niche. Okay. So, it's going to be a good amount of information today, so make sure that you stay tuned. I already see the either the excited face or the crying face. I can't tell, but nevertheless, we're going to go ahead and get started. We're not wasting no time today, all right? So um, our topic, as I said, is niches to riches because, you know, nobody want to see a generalist. People want to pay for the expert. So let's first bust some myths. And so myth number one is a therapist may say, oh, I don't know my niche. Okay. Now as a therapist, we're also going to use, uh, mental health tech, uh, you know, uh, what is it, um, words. And so we're going to use the word reframe. Okay. I lost my words right there. So reframe, instead of saying, I don't know my niche. Instead, I want you to start changing your verbiage and saying things like, I need to unleash fear and declare my niche. Right. So put a two in the comment box. If you like that reframe, instead of saying, I don't know my niche, Instead, reframe it and say, I need to unleash fear, maybe from niching down, and I need to declare my niche because maybe you got FOMO. Maybe you feel like you're going to miss out on people, right? Um, another Another myth, especially right now in 2022, is that my niche is saturated. Some of you may have said that. So a reframe would be, I solve a problem using a specific framework, as uh, Melissa talked about yesterday, your own theoretical orientation that makes you unique. Therefore, you don't have to worry about a saturated market. In reality, a saturated market just means that other people are getting paid for what you do, which is a good sign versus you starting from scratch. No one is doing what you're doing. And you actually will spend more time researching and validating that you have a quality offer or service. Okay. So another myth is, oh, my niche is too small. I don't want to niche down too much because then I'm not going to be able to reach that many people. So the reframe to that is my niche will attract only the clients I want to serve. So I hope that you also see how I say these reframes because they can also be served as an affirmation. So say this out loud if you can. My niche will attract only the clients I want to serve, okay? So would you rather run fast and run out of breath? Because as Kelly had talked about and Melissa, I highly focus on running a marathon for your business. So do you want to run a sprint, run quickly, get to the end, but then you're out of breath? Or would you rather run a constant pace and when. So put an S if you're here to hustle and run a sprint. Put an M if you are all in today to run the marathon. S for sprint, M for marathon, okay? So let's dive into niches to riches, okay? All right, so the goal of when we look at our niche, our goal is that you are in the knowledge industry. Now, we may be saying, oh, you know, I'm in the service industry, I'm in the human services industry, I'm in the medical industry. But nevertheless, you are providing knowledge to your clients about how they can improve their psychological well-being. So you are in the knowledge industry, especially with how we have to show up online to psychoeducate people about the benefits of mental health services. So our world is so great that now you actually have choices, choices of how you run your business. You can choose to become an author. And have someone read your book on therapeutic strategies. That's how wide range in terms of knowledge our world has become because of the speed and development of technology. You can also create an epic therapeutic process of your own, what we know as our framework, and have people meet you online statewide, right? So think about the last 24 months because some of us have Been in a rut, like, uh, I got to move to telehealth. I really miss working with people in person, or you really wasn't feeling what was happening two years ago. But your time and accessibility are both invaluable. They're both invaluable. People always, always want to meet the author of the book. Why? Because that speaks to your level of expertise. A book now serves as your business card. People will also pay top dollar. For the expert over the generalist, over the generalist. So the example I usually give when we are talking about niche is, you know, if you're a woman or a man, figure out whose doctor you will be going to for what, right? So let's just say if I'm a woman or a man, um, if I have a skin problem, if, I have, am I, if I'm having outbreaks, right, would I go to the OBGYN? Would I go to the regular physician, my PCP? Or would I go to the dermatologist or at least get a referral for one? we would odds are go to the dermatologist. Why? Because they're an expert on skin. We wouldn't expect that our OBGYN ladies can tell us all this information. Gentlemen, if we're going for a physical exam, we're not going to expect that our primary care physician can give us all these details about what's happening under our skin. So what happens is when you get a referral to go to a dermatologist, it's odds are not the same rate as a regular doctor. Okay, and this is how we're going to start thinking about your mental health practice, because you want to show up as the expert. So do you want to be the expert or the generalist? Put an E if you declare that you are going to be and or if not today, you are the expert. Put a G if you just want to rock with the generalist. You just want to see everybody. You just want everybody to know that you are a therapist, not the expert in something as a therapist. So put an E if you want to be the expert. Right. Because I hope that I'm speaking to a group of current and future experts. So get this, the online space has given you a different way to even reach your audience. So let's look at how our niche can go be poured into our audience. So one myth is, oh, saturated, the online space is crowded. But is it really? Let's reframe that thought. Technology has made it simple, simple for you to deliver your products or services online at any time, any time zone. So, really think about it from a positive perspective. Before 2020, mental health therapists that were not already online or doing teletherapy, telephone therapy, um, they were offering mental health services primarily in person. Before 2020, if you had a practice like myself, you were limited to zip codes because people had to fight traffic to get to your office. But now you're statewide, let alone multiple statewide. Really think about that. How difficult was it for therapists to get licensed in multiple states versus how easy it is for therapists to be licensed in three to eight states? So people, clients are looking for solutions to their problem, not initials behind your name. So put a one in the comment box if you received this message I'm about to say. So I'm gonna give you a heads up disclaimer, right? I'm about to go all the way in. Congratulations, you got a master's. Congratulations, you got a doctorate. Congratulations, you got all these certifications. Therapists don't, I mean, clients don't give a damn that you got five different credentials if they don't know what they mean. So for example, if I have a master's in clinical psychology and a PsyD in clinical psychology, why the hell am I putting both? I should be putting the highest degree and then depending on what platform I'm presenting my information on, if I'm focusing on parenting, I'm gonna put my parenting certification. If I'm only talking to children, I'm not putting a damn parenting certification unless I may be clearly trying to reach their parents, right? So be very mindful of letting your ego take over your um, what is it, your your the platforms online, the directories so that you can heighten the sense of like, oh, you shit? Because you have like five different labels after your name. Most clients, I kid you not, when I was an acting director for about six months um, and my job was to go into a nonprofit and clean up shop with an online directory. I kid you not, when we start hearing and talking to consumers, they were confused of which provider they should choose because they don't know all these acronyms. And you may assume, well, they should know what a doctor and a marriage and family therapist is. Only some clients are going to do that homework and look up the acronyms unless they've already been therapized. Most consumers, potential clients, just know that you say that you're licensed. So get out of your own head and out of your own way and focus on using your words and characters for those directories to explain your expertise. How do you solve somebody's problem versus using all your damn characters on Instagram in the bio for you to only put all of your acronyms? I hope that that hit home for some of y'all because some of y'all need to go update your bio right now. So we're in a new era. We're in a new norm. People do want to see the face behind the brand. So unless you have a group practice, I'm going to be frank. The reason I don't follow half of y'all is because I don't know who you are. As a business owner that wears multiple hats, even in my household, I'm not about to sit there and go through every single person that followed me, especially with an icon with all these damn bots. And you want me to scroll through your whole feed because I don't see your face and try to figure out who you are? Put a two in a comment box if you need to go make some changes with how you show up online. The reason probably why you can't reach a lot of people is because in these days, especially because we're online, people need to connect with you. Who the hell is the you? The name? And half of the time, you don't even put your real name. You put your business name. So not only do I see a damn therapeutic flower, For psychological services, now you just put your license and maybe what problem you solve, but I don't know who he or she is. And you want me to sign up for a consultation and show up for it on a telehealth platform on camera, and I don't even know who I'm about to show up to, you are out of your mind. (laughs) Okay. So think about that. Make yourself more relatable. Now remember, your knowledge is your biggest asset the information that you've learned over your lifespan plus your life experiences is your biggest asset, which means that you should never go without, you should never say you have nothing to offer. So will you succeed in private practice? Let's dig a little deeper. So let's talk about success. Those who will do what others are willing to do will be more successful. And I commented to somebody in the Facebook group about this last night. A lot of you are all getting into a high state of awareness, like, yo, I wasn't as far as I thought. And really what you need to look at is your time. Are you actually doing everything in your business? If that's the case, you left your job to create another job. So success, your next level of success is on the other side of what you're not willing to do. So are you willing to become uncomfortable for a short period of time? In a short period of time, for some of you, maybe three months, six months, one year, depending on what you're trying to do in your business so that you can be more abundant for the rest of your life. So that's the marathon. Y'all trying to run a sprint. Some of you, you're running out of breath and then you want to throw in a towel. You want to say you're tired. And what I really mean by that is that you are getting by with the bare minimum in your business or in your business development to open up your doors. And you're not really focusing on how can this get me closer, my behaviors to my long term goal. So let's fine tune your messaging because when it comes down to your niche, even if you have a clear understanding of who your ideal client is, you have to learn how to talk to them and with them, not at them. Okay. So this all starts with first, of course, you understanding your niche. So let's go back to law and ethics. I'm going to bring up just self-disclosure. Self-disclosure is very appropriate when it is in the best interest of the client. So as I mentioned a few moments ago, your knowledge and life experience makes you way more relatable, especially online. Am I telling you to put online your whole life story? Absolutely not. But if it's in the best interest of your client or how I usually bring up my background because it's in the best interest of my audience, I don't mind sharing the information, especially when I've overcame and worked through my barriers in the past. Okay, so I say that because you can learn how to make your mess your message. Your mess becomes your message. Again, you should never be without a business idea because you have information to give. Put a one in the comment box. If you like Damn, like I probably can write a book on each chapter of the table of contents that I put in the Facebook group. That's why I had y'all do that too. Am I saying y'all need to go out and write a memoir? Absolutely not. Some of y'all are still going through the processes. And even when you're done, you may not want to put it out there in the public unless you're doing pseudonames like best man, just don't get caught up, you know, like, and you know, don't get socked in the face. <laughs> so, but If you saw that movie, I hope, I hope some of y'all did, I don't know. But I'm just saying your mess can become your message. Just don't be like that main character in the movie okay so you can figure out how to look at what you've done in the in your space and then how you can bring that into the mental health field so question for you yes or no in the comment box does your history have anything to do personal or academic career does your history have anything to do with why you became a therapist or to whom you serve let's be all the way real Because every time I have a therapist on my podcast and I ask them, why did they get into the mental health field? It's very rare that I have somebody say, oh, I really just only want to help people. That's the last part. The beginning part is typically because, oh, I saw dysfunction in my family. Oh, I don't want this to happen. Oh, I don't want these kids to show up like these kids in my neighborhood. You know, like you saw things, you got exposed to things or you were trying to fix things and realize you were a very good fixer finding a solution. And you were like, maybe this little psychology thing could like help me. Flush out these ideas. So I see a lot of yeses. Some people knows perfectly fine. I'm just saying that I have noticed a trend when people say yes, some of those people are a lot more stronger with their presence in a very good way because their why is different. That's all I'm saying. Right. So let's talk deeper about your niche. So DTA, and if we have any DTA students, we talk about this, but I'm gonna give y'all all these graphics in the portal before our next cohort. Okay, so when you join DTA, you will also see these uh PDFs and potentially this whole dang on boot camp. I'm gonna upload it because they always get access to whatever I do related to their program. So that's one of the, the, the bonuses, but we go deeper clearly. So I want to introduce to you how DTA talks about niche, and let's call it the DTA niche funnel. So Who do you really want to help? And what I would like to do as I'm showing you these slides, I would like to see any numbers, any letters, any emojis, any words. If what I'm showing you in a moment is going to make it crystal clear, you're definitely overthinking your niche or you're not taking the time to even think about it at all. So let's talk about who you really want to help. So I'm going to give you an example. This is one of the number ones that I hear all the time. They may swap out the word anxiety with trauma. Nevertheless, I want to help women with anxiety. Guess what? If I went to your website and I'm very basic, I'll sign up for services from you, but I'm not basic. So we need to go a little bit deeper. So the next level, I help professional women with anxiety. So what you see in the funnel here is I'm going to be adding a different segment of words. And then if you look over here, you're going to start seeing the sentence also called your niche statement develop with each slide. Okay, so I'm gonna say let's go a little deeper. That's not enough. I wanna add uh, business owners, Dr. TK. Okay, so I help professional women who are business owners with anxiety. And I'm like, I don't even know really what anxiety means. (laughs) Like, go a little deeper, right? I help professional women. So I may ask you, what do you have anxiety about? What do these women um, struggle with around anxiety? What part of their life? Like, what, what is coming up? So I help professional women who are business owners with anxiety who just left their nine to five job. Okay, now we link in anxiety, the nine to five job. Y'all get me? Okay, now the last one, because there is one more layer that I want to add, because I want you to picture the outcome for the client so that you can show them that you have A plus B equals C. Who is the ideal client? What problem do you solve? I mean, with the solution. And then what does that wrap up to with the, like, how does their solution look on the other side? Okay. So the outcome, the transformation. So if we put all this together, y'all, because this woman may say, oh, you know what? I want to be aligned with my gift. I only, and what this may sound like is I only want to do things that make me happy. I only want to um, work in my business and serve people that make me happy, not not just making money. I don't want to just be a hustler, right? I want to have this business for the rest of my life. So, what your niche statement would be, and put a one in the comment box if you're like, damn, that was so easy. Because what do we do that in less than a minute? (laughs) Less than a minute. But you have to sit down and do it. So, DTA niche funnel statement is as follows. I help professional women, that is the who, who are business owners, small identifier to niche it down a little bit more, that experience anxiety after leaving their nine to five job and want to operate in alignment with their gift. I can literally plug this in and do not steal this. I can literally plug this in Instagram right now. And I guarantee you over time, as I continue to create content for these women, only these women will start to show up to me magnetically, automatically. That's what Melissa was talking about with couples. So which one is more attractive? Number one, I help women with anxiety or number two, the, the bigger statement. Of course, we can all agree that the second statement is way more attractable. Another example, let's just say you're watching this boot camp, and you're further ahead. You're thinking about different streams of income. So for me, one of my branches of my business is coaching therapists outside of private practice, okay? Because my private practice right now is telehealth. Very much, very much part-time. However, the most of my hours for private practice is actually in the community in which I am written into grants for nonprofits for re-entry population, people who get out of jail because that is my... Desire to work with them, right? And my goal is to give back on a larger magnitude. So I took the knowledge of what I built in my solo private practice and now I give it back to a one to many, which means that I can host workshops and things. But I wasn't able to do that until I figured out who I was clear on serving in my private practice. All right, put it to in the comment box if that makes sense. So stop trying to jump ahead, stop trying to sprint before you like crawl, you know, stop trying to have all these streams of income just so that you can say you have them and then none of them are mapped out with anything (laughs) except your desire to have them. Okay. So another example, I help therapists run a good private practice. That sounds like trash. I'm sorry. (laughs) That that is not very specific. Like if I offer DTA with just that only, and I just posted that as a quote on Instagram, nobody would DM me. However, if I said, no, 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 this is my niche statement. I teach therapists how to build profitable operating systems for their private practice, so that they can serve whom they love and live abundantly. So what am I covering? In my content, probably how do you get your time back? That's delegation. Who do you love? That speaks to ideal client and niche. Automation, get your paperwork in order. Marketing, right? And then the logistics of our whole program is I'm helping you build the whole back office of your business so that hopefully you can use that information, at least 50% of it, and then rinse and repeat it to other things that you want to do with, of course, enhancements because it's other streams of income. Okay. So I am very specific. So I want you to learn how to reverse engineer your thinking and really focus on impact, on impact. So I see here before that much breakdown, I thought the first one was right. No, (laughs) but again, awareness. Okay. Because that just shows, okay, we're always in the learning phase. We're always in the enhancement phase. So I want you to think about the breakdown of your niche, very similar to writing a dissertation. So, in the beginning of the boot camp, I said, you know, I'm a dissertation chair, I'm your girl, I'm the woman, but not right now, which means that I'm not actively anybody's dissertation chair. But I loved being a dissertation chair because I made it so easy for my students. Like, could y'all imagine? Like, put a one in the comment box if y'all would have liked me to be your dissertation chair if you are in a doctoral program or you had graduated, <laughs> because I didn't even realize how much my marketing experience overlapped with the dissertation process and when i started teaching dissertation i kid you not i got on the board and they were they were having a hard time looking up articles, which I'll share in a moment. And so I said, oh, it ain't nothing. And they were like, yes, it is. It's like 5 billion articles and all this stuff. And it'd be like millions of articles. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So this is what I showed them in like five seconds. And they were like, can you be my chair? And I'm like, you just starting to slow down, right? So think about it. For a research database, right? You have to type in multiple variables, which is what I showed you on the other triangle, the funnel, to narrow down the article, um, narrow down the article. So you may see, oh my God, there's 3 million articles. So what does your research or stats professor teach you how to do? They teach you how to insert, I'm probably giving y'all traumatic memories right now from stats, but whatever it is, what it is, you gotta know it even for business. You see how it works, right? We use the stats for some y'all, at least just one part of our business. <laughs> so what do you have to do? You have to insert the variables. The variables were anxiety, women, business owners, etc. right? Right. So once you do that, you clearly, as I mentioned, learn how to do this and research stats methods. Um, And our industry, to me, has the upper hand when understanding your niche. So when I was in the classroom drawing out that funnel with students, I'm like, y'all know what a triangle look like? They were like, yeah, I'm like, turn it upside down. So and this is how I teach. So they drew it out on our paper and then I drew out a funnel upside down on the board. And then I asked one of the students, it was like four students, it was a very small, intimate cohort. And it was their intro to dissertation. So I said, hey, so and so, like, what, what are you typing into the box for your variables? And they told me, and I just plugged it in and I said, I want you to read this like a sentence. And they were like, man, how you do that? I said, I didn't do it. You did it. You just needed the structure. You need the container. And that's the container that I provide for students in my programs because they are everywhere, okay? So our industry does have the upper hand when understanding niche, and you may be wondering, well, how is that? I'm still struggling, right? So think about this, and oh, put a two in the comment box if I'm about to blow your mind, right? So we do assessments all day long, and we collect thousands of hours doing so. Some of y'all collected three to four to five thousand damn hours before you got licensed, right? And also, um, sometimes we think about, we want to know the language of our clients with how they identify. Um, how can I say this? Because this slide is like written a little differently. But the goal is like for marketing purposes, that's what I'm saying. For marketing purposes, we always are thinking, what type of language are our clients using to identify their problem? Because that should be helping you word the solution that you saw for their problem, hashtag messaging, right? So get this. And this is something I share with my mastermind students. There is one document that all clients are required to fill out to start treatment. Can anybody guess what that is? Because this is your number one marketing tool. Anybody guess what it is? Put it in a comment box. All right. It is called that golden ticket, aka the intake form. Put a two in a comment box if you like. Not consent. <laughs> not consent consent is giving them the rules put a two in the comment box if you just sat back and was like i'll be damned." like in five seconds this lady then told me that all these hours i've collected learning how to do proper intakes a billion of them not getting paid with hours even to do all this documentation and now you mean to tell me that all i gotta do is look at these intakes and figure out how my clients are talking to me and then i can go plug it on instagram hell to the yeah so that is your strategy, okay? So your go-to ticket is the intake form, and I want you to learn how to use it for messaging. Again, I can't make this up. For us to be in the industry we're in, we think too damn much. Please stop, like stop, okay? So let's go deeper and fine-tune your messaging. So the goal of messaging, your word should attract the exact person you want to serve, the exact person. So once you can learn how to describe the exact person, AKA your ideal client, right, you want to serve, my goal for you and my challenge for you all this week and for as long as you would like, right, only market to those people and tell me what happens. If you and DTA, we're gonna see what's gonna happen because we're gonna go way deeper than this. But DM me and say, yo, I got my first client. I got my third client. I got three consultations and all of them said." words I put on my website. Like, I kid you not, it gets me warm and fuzzy when someone shows up to a consultation and they like, you know, the reason why I wanted to see you is because of X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, word, they read my website (laughs) because where else would they get that information? So learn how to show up and be the expert for only the people you want to serve, because it may be a slower process, unlike a sprint But at least you won't resent any of your clients. You won't be like in a month. Oh, I don't want to serve them anymore because that's what could happen. So, for example, you want to define I am looking for people who wants what not just what their problem is, but what do they desire? What is their transformation? like the lady with anxiety, the business professional woman, what she wanted is not just to have her own business once she left her job and to decrease her anxiety, she really to she wanted to operate in alignment with her gift every single day. That probably is some of y'all goals for yourself, right? So what is the problem that you solve? If you cannot answer that question, you don't have a business, okay? So let's take that a little bit deeper. You are the researcher of people's problems. So yeah, you don't like stats and research. Guess what? You have to do marketing research for your business. And this is how I distinguish myself from other coaches because I know what it took to become a bachelor's, master's, and doctoral level clinician, clinical supervisor, APA certified instructor, and coaching. And my whole coaching business was initially built on all of my mistakes the length of time it took me to figure things out on my own because there wasn't anyone like me going into great detail in terms of the operating system. Everybody was focused on how do you market? How do you market? You can't market if you don't know what you're marketing. Put a one in the comment box if you believe that. You cannot market if you don't know the what and the who that you're marketing to and for, okay? So you are the researcher for people's problems. So these are some tips for you narrowing down your niche. Number one, the smaller you get with your niche, the more specific you get when you're talking to your ideal client. So again, if you show up and you're like, oh my God, I don't know what to talk about online. Well, who is your client? Break down every damn sentence of that ideal client description and make it a post. Make it a TikTok. Do whatever you do that's in alignment with you. If you want to sit at your desk and do this, do that. If you like me and you want to dance, do that. If you just want to write out pretty quotes and make a video go behind it on the reel, do that. But only speak to your ideal clients because it becomes more easier. And low-key, give them a name. That's what we teach in our program. Like, give your avatar a name. Number two, the more clear you become on who is your ideal client, the easier it is to attract them. I don't need to go deeper on that. That is straight. To the point, they will start to magnetically come to you because you're putting out information that they're searching for, okay? Number three, your ideal client does know what they want. So you may think you know, which is why I'm telling you go look at the intake form because one of the worst mistakes that a business owner can make is that you create a product or a service because you think it's good and it's not viable. Nobody wants to pay for it. And it may just be the construction of your offer for therapy services, maybe because you're lacking a framework, you're lacking confidence, you're lacking your ability to show up as the expert, and you can't even describe how you're going to solve their problem. So why would I pay you $200 when I can use my Kaiser insurance for no copay and you can't explain to me your problem? You damn right I'm about to use my insurance because you can't explain to me why I should pick you. Okay. So if you are harping on, oh my God, I want to get off insurance panels. I don't want to get on them. I want to do private pay. We're talking about marketing and messaging. And if you don't want to sit down and do this work, you're going to keep attracting random ass people. Okay. So do you know what you offer? Bottom line, if you don't know what you offer, I ain't paying. And I don't think that y'all would pay either. (laughs) right. So this is an example that I may read. Y'all may not say the word cure, but you may say, Something around cure, I cure anxiety. So I cure anxiety is not a solution to the damn problem. Okay. I mean, I can go to Tony Robbins' event and he can cure my anxiety on an audiobook. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So is that really the problem that you solve? What I want you to think about in terms of prospective clients is they want to know how you will solve the problem, Hint that framework we teach in DTA. That's the beginning of our program because once students learn how to build their business plan and their framework, the framework is in the business plan in module one. The rest of the program is smooth selling. Now it's really about, yeah, you got to get out there and market. But at least you know who you market into. You just got to you know enhance that. So people who will pay want to know how. So once you are clear on your offer for therapy services, because believe me, you are in sales. If you got into this um, business because you don't want to do sales, get out. Business is sales. If you don't want to make sales, you don't have a business. Put a one in the comment box if you understand that. Unless you want to have a nonprofit, which means that there is no profit at the end of the year, <laughs> All right? If you are a for-profit business, you got to sell your offer, okay? So once you are clear on your offer and your ideal client or avatar, it becomes easier and more comfortable for you to market. Why? Because you know who you serve and you show up for that person and you show out. So you may be wondering Why? You have to, um, you have exactly what they're looking for, right? So the analogy I usually give is around like relationships, right? So you may be thinking, okay, I got my ideal client avatar. What happens next when I conduct a consultation? Because I've drawn them to me, but what the heck do I do with them when they show up on the phone or via a telehealth session? So like a relationship or a ship, it's like the beginning stages of dating, right? Whether it's online or in person, it doesn't matter, but it's like dating, So when you attract the right one, you'll know it. And some of y'all, you can't even describe it like, I know they the one, right? But you will know it. You will feel it, okay? And if you know what you want and the other person is a great match. So if the client knows what they're looking for in a therapist and you're a great match or vice versa, you offer what you have. That's the purpose of a consultation. And what you will offer is your services. Okay. And rela- a therapeutic relationship is still a relationship. If they're not a good match, this is where some of you are going to have a hard time. You have to learn how to say no and move on. Your goal should not be to say yes to every single person that contacts you for therapy services. I know it can be exciting when you first begin, but absolutely not. Saying yes to everyone and everything that comes your way comes from a state, I believe, of scarcity and or desperation. Put a two in the comment box if that makes sense, because the scarcity is, I don't know if I'm going to get another client. The fact that you're putting that out there in the universe to believe that you're not going to get another client, you're already magnetically attracting no clients. Be mindful of the thoughts that you have and the words that you choose to use. If you attract, if you get a client out of desperation, that client probably will be your client from hell. I've done it. Don't do it because why? We can't abandon a client, can we? Ethically speaking, okay? So be very careful about who and what opportunities you say yes to. This does lead to, if you keep saying yes to everything and everyone, and I say everything because sometimes some of you as therapists are called for speaking engagement. Some of them are paid, some of them are paid shitty. Some of them are paid very well. Even if they're paid very well, do you have a capacity to create the information that they need without overgiving too much of your information? Right. So this will lead to saying yes to burnout, potentially even resentment. And that will eventually lead to potentially your business slowing down or shutting down. Okay, so I see in the comment box, I think this comes from a thought of wanting to help everyone, even if I don't think they're a good match. So if you know that that thought has come up for you, you got to catch yourself because we teach our clients to catch their beliefs all the time. So if you notice that that is coming up for you, I really would ask you to pause and do your own therapeutic techniques. Do I really need to help somebody? How would I feel if I actually help somebody? What would my life look like if I helped every person that called? What would be my true capacity? Would I really be happy? Would I go to bed drained? Would I not want to come to my own business the next day? All of those will lead me to a state of chaos and burnout. So absolutely not. I'm going to learn how to say no. It's going to be hard, but I believe that I'm going to attract the right clients for me. That's a long-winded affirmation with questions, okay? But bottom line is, think about what will happen if you continue to say yes. That's probably another way that some of you can like low-key mind trick yourself. And this is another analogy as well. Potential clients will miss out on your gifts if you are continuously saying yes to the wrong people, the wrong clients, and no to the right ones simply because now you don't have capacity on your caseload. Put a one on the comment box if that just hit home, especially if you are thinking along the lines of the individual who put it in the comment box. Sometimes we just want to help everybody. And I feel that I felt that urge during 2020 to the point where I was working on slowing down my caseload so that I can focus more on my coaching programs because therapists were now at an all time high need for building their business. However, I start saying yes. After six months, I start getting burnt out and I'm like, oh no, I did not build these other streams of income for me to get burnt out with my lowest hanging fruit. Absolutely not. So I've been doing this for way too long. I'm aware. I don't like the way I feel. After these clients, I'm not replacing them. I'm done. Clients don't want to do their homework. You getting laid off. Period. Right. And it wasn't that I was showing up this grunt. it's just that I'm not also going to keep people on my caseload who are not ready to start and or finish therapy. That's out. Look at motivational interviewing. If they are stuck in the pre-contemplation phase, we ain't even doing therapy yet. We doing like, what's in your way, right? (laughs) So think about that. Like how many people are you gonna turn away energetically because you have to put on your website not taking any more clients, okay? So be patient, make room for what you want. So think about it like a two-car garage. If you have a two-car garage, um, a car, um, let's just say you got a new car, I don't know, whatever car you want. And then you got an older car in your garage that you know, doggone well, don't run. You have to fill out the little smog check thing, um, non-operational car when you renew your tags. Like it's just sitting there, right? And it don't work. The goal would be that you get rid of the old car, right? So the new car that you actually want, like the second new car, it has nowhere to go. So you have a two-car garage, you got a cool car, and you got a car you need to get rid of. The problem is the universe will not give you the new car it won't even make it available because you ain't being respectful to the car and now you want to park it on the street around a corner because you ain't got no room. Hence, it will stay at the lots and or in your dreams. Your business, your private practice of your dreams will stay in the cloud. It will stay on a vision board. Why? Because you're not making room for it. It has nowhere to go and so will your clients, okay? So don't let the old car become your private practice. So these are some fast action activities Um, In terms of workbook, um, you are going to have a brief workbook. It's going to help you flush out your niche statement. You're going to apply what you learned today. And of course, in the Facebook group, I want you to share um, the information under the proper threads because we still are doing the contest. So let me just check in with my team. Um, What I would like to do is open it up for questions Uh, We made good timing today. Um, I'm not sure if we have somebody coming on today. So let me just go through the comments and highlight certain things. So someone said truly a mindset um, change for both the client and the therapist. Oh, there's our therapist. Um, And then another individual said total 180 from working from an agency and having no agency over who our clients are. Yeah. You got to pick your own. Right. And that's a, we, we ask for that as a blessing, but then we don't want to deal with the headache and stuff. Right. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to bring on Dr. Z. We'll do like a 10 minute chit chat wrap up, and then um, we'll head to the Facebook group and do our work. And remember, if you're watching this on YouTube or Dr. TK, make sure that you go to drtk.com forward slash bootcamp. Just so you all know, the boot camp registration will shut down on Sunday night um, and we are going to have some bonus sessions next week. Um, also, if you have asked questions about the Academy, I will be going over the Academy on tomorrow and then I will be open for questions on Friday because we have some bonus sessions as well. So I have Dr. Z. Hey. <laughs> Hello. Can you hear me OK? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. All right. So you 10 minutes of good it. stuff. So. Let them know a little bit about you and I'm just going to say your private practice journey from beginning
1: to end the program experience to now. Okay. So my name is Dr. Zari Gross, also known as Dr. Z. I have been a therapist for a very, very, very long time and been in the field helping people in different capacities, doing work as like an ABA um, specialist, working at LAUSD as like a one-to-one aid back in the day and just migrating towards a non-public day school, working with a population that most folks don't necessarily want to work with. So my heart has been open in that capacity and been with a lot of government contracted agencies for the Department of Mental Health. With that, I moved into spaces of being like QA director for an agency and then even jumping into uh, clinical supervision in an FSP program in a very, very intense Uh, service area. You're familiar with service areas in LA. So today (laughs) it's like, it's different. It's real different. Um, Since then, I knew literally about the month before the pandemic had, before we officially went into a pandemic, I had already decided that I was no longer going to work in an agency anymore. My goal, I had applied and started working with group practices and I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. I don't know. I take that back. I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm not going to. I want to migrate into a space of being available for my kids, for myself, like to do yoga and just do whatever the heck I want to do. And that did not relate to still being an employee at someone's agency. Pandemic hit. A little fear jumped in there. So I did leave one agency and go to another. And it worked until it didn't work. The beauty is I learned a whole lot more about other people, how to run organizations and just honing in on things that make me feel good, which is recognizing how much time I really have available and having to do like what Dr. Skay was saying, that hard thing of you do have to say no. There are only 24 hours in a day. You can't say yes to everything, show up, be completely available and have that go well if you keep saying yes to everyone else, because that also means you're saying no to you fast forward i was minding my business probably on a day where i was like i'm i'm not going nowhere tomorrow i'm not working i'm not talking to anybody no one's allowed to be my friend like just complete shutdown of the world and was just scrolling for things and still trying to put together different stuff that i've learned from different places whether it was a free uh webinar youtube some other coaching program that i paid thousands of dollars for or some other investment i've done and just I wasn't getting everything I needed in one place and saw an ad and I was like, oh, she's a psychologist. I'm like, oh, okay. She's in LA. I'm like, what? She's coaching other therapists. I'm like, whatever she's doing, I don't I don't even care. I'm yes, I understand everybody is not like me, but I was aware that I could not continue to keep doing what I was doing even though I loved helping the people that I worked with. And that was part of the motivation why I kept saying yes each morning because I cared so much about them. I felt like it was my responsibility to keep showing up. When I saw that ad, the necessity to level up again kicked in and then it kept kicking in. I was like, I just want to relax and chill out. I just want (laughs) to be basic for like a little bit. Did you say I just want to be basic? (laughs) Yeah. 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 That that oh like I in December. spas
0: can do that to you. <laughs> the service area. Okay, keep going. Sorry. I'm like, we get into
1: LA County talk. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. But well, I just I just want to be basic. And this is for myself. And when she speaks about history and like things that have happened, I'm a veteran, I'm a retired veteran from the army. I had a great time to step why in case anybody knows people I want to go. But, anyways, um I've done a lot of different things and I always tried to stay in the background, tried to be the support, tried to not be the person that was out there in front. If there was any possibility to, because I really like supporting other people's visions. However, I recognize I cannot, I cannot keep helping other people if I don't do something different for myself. So yes, that means you do have to have a private practice. You can't help other people have a private practice. If you don't have one, saw the ad signed up, paid my money, um, harassed Dr. TK a, a day or two later. I was like, I need to pay all of it because I want everything that you said you were offering. And I'm not, I'm not accepting less than that. I'm going to need everything. Oh, you got some more stuff. Give me that. Take all my money right now. So I can get this clear <laughs> my schedule to be available <laughs> for every live call, because I'm aware that for me, can I go learn it by myself? Yes. I do better when I can talk to the person. I think the first One of the first calls in DTA, once I got there, I she said something like I learned this way and like I'm going to ask questions and other people may get the answer. I was like, so now I have to ask questions and like be visible. I can't again be in the background. So I started asking questions and I kept asking questions and kept asking questions. Fast forward while I was at other people's group practices and it was easier because they handled paperwork that I felt like I just didn't know. Going through DTA, it allowed me to see that I already did 60 percent of everything that needed to be done and had already done so because of all those other like programs or just learning about business or people getting screwed or sued. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to have this entity. We're going to have these separate bank accounts. I'm going to do all these things. So going through it, like felt good to know, okay, you really did do a lot of really great foundational work but you didn't get the stuff that's specific to you as a therapist. And then you needed to break down the parts that were specific to me as a licensed marriage and family therapist, despite having a doctorate degree and what that looks like and having businesses and hiring employees versus being able to still have contractors because of how things have shifted and being okay with you have too many ideas all at once because you're continuously overthinking and anyone that knows me, and you already know that. In terms of like, uh, in a loving way, because
0: I do deliver. Oh, it yeah. But because I <laughs> say that, because some of our DTA students say I don't want to ask questions. They'll tell our coaches this outside of the call, and I'm like, what? They'll, they'll ask the coaches questions because they'll say, I don't know how she gonna like how, what, what's she gonna say, and I'm like, I'm gonna be your coach. Like you invested in the program with me and the coaches, but can you speak to? Um, What can happen to somebody's business when they don't want to be in the background and they learn how to be in the light and then also just showing up to say like what you need. And I, somebody said, and the ideas, like how do we hone you in in DTA with all these
1: ideas? Well, let me just show you this binder right here. For starters, you get your binder, you write some stuff down, you put the binder down, you go back to what you're supposed to be doing. Just ask the questions because I am someone who would not ask questions and I wouldn't get my needs met and I consistently wouldn't do that. So the people I will be working with that I love working with were like me. They wouldn't ask the questions. And every time that I have asked a question so far, someone else had the same questions. It opened some other opportunities. Someone else was able to share something that confirmed what I was already thinking in that big book of ideals. Every time I offered something else, people confirmed, yeah, yes, please do that put that out there. And they're not new things. They're things i thought of 20 to 50 different times, but never moved forward because I was too scared to. Mm-hmm. In this space, having other people that provide services, therapists, uh, LCSWs, psychologists, like it made sense. And I was like, finally, I have my people because everyone wants to find their tribe or their group of folks. this was a place where I was able to do that. FYI, I never would um, join like an accountability group before either. I'd be like, yeah, I'm mind my business. You're a part of one now. Oh, well, so that didn't happen until December when I was still trying to be in the background and not do some other stuff. And then I got sent a message. You need to contact me. I was like, no, I don't. I'm fine. I don't need anything else. There's nothing else. And then Dr. and I had a one-on-one conversation. I was like, let me go ahead and get and accountability group for dta even though the cohort i was in already passed i remembered some faces and people i saw someone put a post and i was like they're in california just do it did it and i i can say that so far the people that have come on here they're all part of my group i'm not saying like we're ah! super best ever, but it allowed me to feel comfortable with sharing things i know asking for help from other people and mm-hmm. even looking at who else might know this information and being able to connect with them and everybody being open and not in a like, you can't learn more than me. Like, no, you, I can tell you every single thing I know. And it doesn't mean it's going to make a difference or change anything. So right. there's no pain in sharing it. Asking Dr. Mm-hmm. TK a question, the worst that the worst that's going to happen is you're going to get the answer and you may get well, it quicker than what, what you were looking for. And it will cause you to have to call yourself out on, on not procrastinating, like stop BSing yourself because I am my only limitation. So if that's true for me, I'm sure it's true for someone else. Just ask. And then there's one thing that
0: sets you aside from even the other therapists that I've been on here is that Dr. Z is now part of our mastermind. So some people may have heard just so we can clear up this disclaimer. <laughs> so um, some people may have heard her say, oh, I talked to Dr. TK one-on-one, right? But then also she shows up for questions. So one of the things that we do to personalize it for our DTA groups is that we give you different ways of how you can ask questions because I know that everybody has different personalities. Some people are okay typing it in the box. Only got a form before the call, but you do have to be on the call live for us to answer your question. Because as you can see, it can be a it can become a dialogue where if I'm not clear on your question, I want to become clear. So what happened is after Dr. Z went through a cohort and then she worked on her business while also planning her exit strategy from these other places. Um, we at the end of last year were launching what we um, have as a mastermind. The mastermind is not made for everyone. You already have to be making money in your mainstream of income consistently. And if you have a private practice, that private practice also has to be making money already. So when she mentioned one-on-one, we were talking about her being um, appropriate to graduate into the mastermind. And that program is only open once a year. And I'm only saying that because sometimes we have people that come to this boot camp, they realize they're actually in a very good space. And some people may not need DTA, but they need to recalibrate some stuff that they heard in this boot camp. Um, but that program, we'll talk about that more in September. Um, so just make sure that you're connected with me. You open up our emails. Um, but most people actually will have to start in DTA because they think that their private practice is in order until they look at the back <laughs> office, the operating system of it. And then they realize like, oh, I was doing the bare minimum. I was just like trying to get clients, you know? And so can you speak to, what has happened after DTA and in the mastermind, because I want them to see the some of the possibilities, like in the next two minutes, because I want to wrap up, in like two minutes, can you um, conceptualize some of the things that you've been able to do successfully after you got your mainstream of
1: income in order? Okay, so the call I was referencing was in December to see if I did qualify for ECM or not, because I was going to choose another option that was available at that time. That would allow me to slowly do things and not push me to do anything new, which would have meant right this minute, I would have probably been in a meeting doing um, supervision for someone knowing I didn't physically want to be where I was at. So what has happened is I did go ahead and move forward with actually putting myself out there. So I listed myself on directories. Finally, I started looking at how to use my electronic um, health system better, uh, delegating some different things off to a personal assistant aside from my virtual assistant for like other things. So I don't put my own stuff on my schedule anymore because someone else does that. So delegation became a very huge component Um, going back and revising all of my documents. So that's still a continuous process. Even though i went through DTA already, I still go back review updates that are in the DTA portal to make sure my private practice, my solo private practice is good before I even consider anything else once I joined ECM, what that did do is it accelerated me being able to put my job. Now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing, boy. We ain't gonna
0: go in detail right now. It so won't be
1: detailed, but super quick. With the level of support. Yes, I got to participate in the hot seat that allowed me to go from a position of literally laying on the floor, like pretty much almost every day. Like I quit, I quit, quit everything in life. I'm not a mom. I'm not a whatever to moving towards. Okay. There's 24 hours in a day. If I'm exceptional at helping people manage their time and getting things in order, why am I still sucking at doing this for myself? You can't work a 40 hour a week job and put in 20 to 30 hours in someone else's group practice, grow your own private practice, consider whether or not you want to have a group practice and then be trying to coach people on some other stuff on the side. Like that's not humanly possible. Put somebody. Put, everybody put a Z in a comment box if you just felt and heard what she said. She
0: said, you cannot work 40 hours in a job and expect to have all these ideas, implement them, potentially open up a group practice, have all these streams of income while also exiting out of your job. And I say that because... That be a parent. Be
1: right <laughs> and blah, I mean, blah, blah, you need
0: be laying in a fetal position as <laughs> <That's> Dr. Z. <laughs> so if somebody was on the fence about joining, because some people may say, you know what? I really need individual. And so they like, well, I want to wait to the mastermind. And I'm like, there is no mastermind for solo practice. So how would you speak to someone who may even have reservations of thinking about a group aspect, or they don't want to speak in front of other people because you kind of referenced that a few times.
1: Oh, well um, politely, I would encourage you, if you're doing one-on-one with people anyways, what's the difference in asking it in a group full of other folks that actually know what you're talking about and what you're doing. And two, let's say you don't do it right now. You might not have the option to do it at another point in time. It will cost you. You might not have the option. You may not have the time. It will cost you more money. You will be that much further behind. You will feel like you will feel crappy for not having bet on yourself sooner and not being willing to, as nicely as I can say, my father would say, "Unash your money and go ahead and put it out there so you can get to your next level. Like if yeah. someone's giving you the blueprint, why are you going to go try and create a whole brand new thing by yourself and spend endless hours when someone else can cut the complete learning curve down to 80 percent? And now it's just you take this 20 and put the things together, ask a couple of questions here and there. And now you're done in I don't know ninety days instead of five years.
0: Literally, why would 90. you do
1: that to yourself?
0: <laughs> yes, I love. Why would you do that to yourself? Ain't that a question we ask to our clients? Like, why would you do that?
1: Why? <laughs> so if you were on the fence, you're like, oh, I don't know, I can't, I can't afford it. But so you're not worth. And I know this isn't even the price. You're not worth ten thousand dollars. You're not worth five thousand dollars. You're not worth two thousand. You're not worth. $300, $500. If you're not worth that, then you're right. You shouldn't join because you probably have no business helping other people try to become better people either. For business, I'm going to say, you know, and is your time worth that amount? Because that's something
0: that we talked about yesterday. Do reverse psychology. How much time are you wasting and how much money are you losing by using oh, that God. 80% of your time? <laughs> so, everybody, give it up for Dr. Z for joining us. Everybody say,
1: say
0: hey. hey. <laughs> and I will check in with you soon. <laughs>
1: so, mm-hmm. Bye, Bye, everyone.
0: All right, everybody. So that wraps up our boot camp. Once again, I'm just going to put this on the bottom of the screen. Um, if you need that extra push and you want some daily text messages Monday through Friday, no matter um, if we're in the boot camp or after the boot camp, those daily text messages have been going on for almost a year now, if not a year. So I've been doing them consistently for Monday through Friday. This week is about the 80-20 rule. So you may come in the middle of the week getting it, but make sure that you subscribe by texting Abundance to 310-388-8603. Um, again, if you're watching on YouTube and or on LinkedIn or on my regular Dr. TK page. Make sure that you gain access to that Facebook group by heading to drtk.com forward slash bootcamp, and then you will get access to that Facebook group. Um, As a reminder, we'll be going live um, for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Friday and Saturday, I mean, Thursday and Friday will be 11 a.m. And then Saturday, we will be talking about how your private practice can be recession proof and pandemic proof. So we're going to be doing a Nether assessment at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Now, tomorrow, we are going to have a little bit more fun and talking about the be, do, have model. And I'm going to introduce to you all. Academy so that you can have the rest of the weekend to ask any questions. So you all have a great day. Go do your homework in that activity book for the niche statement. And I will see y'all tomorrow. Bye. com.